The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
I'm, I'm here, Madam Mayor, uh, just uh, enjoying all of your conversations and hoping that Joe doesn't change his wardrobe in front of us all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with that, we'll call this to order. <laughs> it's good to see everyone again. Um, we'll start today, or tonight, I should say, with a moment of silence, like we always do, and then Pledge of Allegiance, and then I'll turn to our clerk for roll call. So if you'll join for a moment of silence. I pledge allegiance mm -hmm. of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Thank you. Now we'll do roll call. We'll do a roll call on closing. Commissioner Moody. Present. Commissioner Jones. Here. Commissioner O'Connor. Present. Commissioner Ruppart. Here. Commissioner Lanier. Present. Commissioner Sassi. Here. Mayor Bliss. Yes, thank you, City Clerk. All right, next we'll open it up for uh, public comments. Uh, before that, I'll introduce Ms. Lily Beth, who is available tonight to help with translation. But uh, let me just share a few things about our agenda tonight and opportunities for public comment. Uh, commissioners, we have three scheduled public hearings. We did have four, but the uh, second one on the agenda was canceled. Uh, so we do have three scheduled public hearings. Um, one of them is for the necessity of a one-year special assessment for enhanced services for the downtown improvement district. Uh, we have one for a public hearing to establish 900 West Leonard as a neighborhood enterprise zone. And then our third one is a public hearing to consider the fiscal year 2022 service provision fees. So I'll open those up later in the uh, meeting. So if you want to speak on any of those items, I'm asking you to just stay put until we open those up. The first opportunity for public comment are, is public comment very specific to items that we're voting on tonight. Uh, so we'll ask you to share your name, the city that you live in. We'll give you up to three minutes to speak. And then for the first uh, public comment period, we ask that you specifically say what agenda item that you're referring to. And then the last opportunity for public comment is at the end of our meeting. So if you want to give public comment, you can call 456-3000 or 311, hit number one. For the first uh, public comment period on agenda items, you hit number one. Uh, for the one on the one-year special assessment, you would hit number two. Uh, for the public hearing for 900 West Leonard is three. The public hearing related to fees is four. And then the final public hearing would be five. Uh, so I'll introduce uh, Ms. Lilibeth, uh, and then we'll open up the first opportunity for public comment. Thank you, Mayor Bliss. Good evening. If you need interpretation services to address the city commission, I will be able to assist. Please dial 456-3000 or 311 and choose the option you'd wish to speak on tonight. Buenas noches. Si necesita servicios de interpretación para dirigirse a la Comisión de la Ciudad, estaré disponible para ayudarle. Marque el 4563000 o el 311 y elija la opción que desea comentar esta noche. Gracias. Thank you, Lilibeth. Um, so now we'll open up the first opportunity for public comment. And again, again, this is public comment on agenda items. We ask that you share your name, the city that you live in, the specific item you're speaking to, and you'll be given up to three minutes to speak. 
uh, city uh, clerk, is it Daniel in the queue tonight? Nope, it's, um, he's enjoying the conference and in, in, in networking. So Mr. Start is with us this evening. Okay, so Mr. Start, do we have anyone in the queue? Good evening, Mayor. Yes, we do. Here comes your first caller. Great, thanks. Hello? Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name, uh, the city in which you live, and the agenda item you'll be speaking on. You have three minutes, and your time starts now. Great, thank you. My name is Scott Atchison. I live in the third ward of Grand Rapids. I'm here to speak to the Committee of the Whole, number three, the Downtown Development Authority budget. Now, let me say, when I did see the rendering in, on M Live of the improvements going on to Rosa Park Circle, I became so disappointed with the elected members of the city commission, some of the appointed members, mainly the parks director and the city manager. I'm not, you know, worried about the comptroller, accessor, clerk. And I'm also disappointed in the downtown development authority's leadership and board. I cannot believe that the city commission and the downtown development authority do not think we need an information system downtown an information center downtown. You know, it's just mind-boggling that we don't think we need an information. And now we're spending $2.8 million on improvements to Rosa Park Circle, and nobody is presenting that we need an information center at the main downtown intersection at Rosa Park Circle. I'm feeling people are out of touch. They're living in a bubble. You know, I'm just saying about the Downtown Development Authority budget. They have these GR forward groups, group one, group two, group three, group four, group five. And if you look in the budget, they want to spend $12,860,000 in one year on pet projects. $12,860,000 on pet projects with no money allocated for an information center for the Convention and Visitors Bureau to run. You know what I'm saying? Group one, $4,595,000. Group two, one million six hundred and sixty-five thousand. Group three, two million two hundred and seventy thousand. Group four, five hundred and thirty-five thousand. Group five, three million seven hundred and ninety-five thousand for a total of twelve million and eight hundred and sixty thousand dollars. And I can't believe I don't want to use the word ignorance, but it's a combination. But I can't believe you don't think we need an information center or an information system for downtown. It's mind-boggling. Now, the DDA is going to tell you, they're going to come back to you and say, we want a million dollars so we can buy wayfinding funds. One side, they're going to say, we don't need an information center because everybody has a cell phone. Then on the other side, why do they want to spend a million dollars on wayfinding signs when everybody has a cell phone? I'm just so disappointed at the elected members and some of the appointed members in the DDA for not having the wisdom you know, I'm saying get out of the bubble. Take your head out of the bubble and see we need an information center downtown. Immediate and future benefits. What's great is I get to come back and talk to you at your public hearing at the downtown improvement special assessment, too. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live and the agenda item you'll be speaking on. You have three minutes and your time starts now. A very pleasant good evening, everyone. Watch Doug Miller reporting. Blood poisoning, 7-5. Uh, fine. Uh, as uh, mayor of Bradford Square, uh, support uh, 
Lisa, initial uh, inspection uh, for all uh, buildings of a certain uh, age group, uh, but only every five years thereafter. And more critical to our health is that uh, we get non-smoking in uh, for all these senior units, such as Marsh Ridge, uh, Grandview, uh, Arms. Uh, next, uh, I uh, do support uh, on, uh, on 953 Lions Square. Uh, why do you want to bust this go there? You want to spend $18 million. Of course, some of it is legitimate, although I'm not unhappy with our existing lighting there. Your priority should be, and your commissioners should be asking, why does this get on your agenda? And getting our Catholic and black bus routes back, uh, some 15 of them now, why aren't they going to Lyon Square? The six comes down from EGR and Calvin, but uh, Catholic and black bus routes still do not. Uh, next, uh, and uh, D, uh, police funding, uh, uh, I think you should, uh, I tend to support uh, dropping GBSU and all its training programs. If police are be, uh, behaving badly uh, against segments of the community, then let's start with GBSU. Cut their funding first. Uh, next, uh, uh, 9B1, this is the city's only bird sanctuary. Uh, our latest count is uh, there are two white swan there. Well, okay, we're talking Stonebrook. I'm suspicious of something called the preserve, okay? They've uh, monkeyed around there and got some pretty uh, back uh, backroom deals in the past. And uh, anyway, the bird sanctuary counts two white swan in the pond, uh, some 63 Canadian geese, uh, down about seven red-beaked turkeys, and 23, as in 21, 22, 23 deer. So uh, we need a public hearing on this matter rather than just rubber stamping it through uh, with predatory procedures. Who should be informed about five senior senior companies around there, including Pilgrim Manor, just top of the path through. Uh, there are three heron uh, properties there, uh, just to the east of uh, Hartwell's old place. Next, uh, you have Cambridge and and Plymouth Arms and Viridian now. All these people should have an opportunity for public hearing, so I can't take a picture. So I lead the uh, Bradford Square. I can't take a position. I have no idea what's going on there. Next on. Uh, Caller, that's three uh, minutes. Thank you for calling. Mayor, there are no more uh, calls in the queue. Thank you, Mr. Sart. We'll go ahead and close that opportunity for public comment, and that'll take us to um, our minutes to be approved. We have uh, minutes from our regular session on April 27th, and then our special session on May 4th. Can I get a motion? Someone to approve both. Support. Thank you. Uh, any questions or comments, commissioners? All right, I'll turn to our city clerk to call the vote. Mr. Ruppart? Yes. Mr. Lanier? Aye. Mr. Jones? Yes. Mr. O'Connor? Yes. Mr. Moody? Yes. Mr. Isasi? Yes. Mayor Bliss? Yes, it carries. Uh, next, that will take us to petitions and communications. First one is a communication received from Charlie Blush regarding neighborhood noise pollution and park installation. That's received and filed. Communication from Michael LaMonaco regarding the resignation from Westside Corridor Improvement Authority. 
that is referred to our committee on appointments. Communication from Carl Kelly regarding their resignation from the Monroe North Tax Increment Finance Authority. That is referred to our committee on appointments. Communication received from Dell Buxton expressing opposition to a special assessment. That is received and filed. Communication received from the Grand Rapids Area Tenant Union expressing support for a lead poisoning prevention rental inspection ordinance. That is received and filed. Communication received from Wendy Randall, Director of Kent County Essential Needs Task Force with American Rescue Plan priorities. That is received and filed. 213 communications received urging the City Commission to vote no on the adoption of the budget. That is received and filed. Two communications received urging the Commission to vote yes on the adoption of the budget. That is received and filed. Communication received from Amy Carpenter expressing disappointment with the dismissal of participatory budgeting and urging the Commission to vote no on the proposed budget. That is received and filed. Communication received from Sky Atchison expressing his disappointment with Grand Rapids elected and appointed officials and Downtown Development Authority. That is received and filed. Communication received from Watchdog Miller regarding an intent to litigate. That is received and filed. And communication received from Emily Oxford urging the City Commission to decrease the GRPD budget. And that is also received and filed. Next, that will take us to reports of City Officers. Uh, first one is Comptroller's Report for the period of April 14, 2021 through April 27, 2021 in the amount of $27,856,205.97. That is received and filed. And Treasurer's Report for the period of April 13, 2021 through April 26, 2021. And that is also received and filed. All right, that will now take us to our consent agenda. Our consent agenda are items that we talked about earlier today at one of our standing committee meetings, and they were voted on unanimously. So tonight with one voice vote, we will adopt those items. Can I get a motion for the consent agenda? So moved. Supported. All right, moved and supported. Commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, seeing none, city clerk. Commissioner Lanier? Aye. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Commissioner O'Connor? Yes. Commissioner Moody? Yes. Commissioner Isasi? Yes. Commissioner Ruppark? Yes. Mayor Bliss? Yes, it carries. Next, that will take us to ordinances to be adopted, and we have one ordinance before us tonight. Yeah, our ordinance is an ordinance rezoning 1214 Edith Avenue Northeast to the MCN-C, which is Mid-20th Century Neighborhood Commercial Zone District. So moved. Support. Support. All right, moved and supported. Uh, Commissioner Rappart, you want to tell us about this? I do, but I got to pull it up. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's okay. The, the beauty of virtual meetings. <laughs> So this is a um, reclassification on the on the northeast side of a parcel of land, and it's currently zoned um, uh, the, a mid mid twentieth century neighborhood low density residential, and the the proposed is mid twentieth century commercial zone district. Um, the planning commission reviewed this on April eighth at a public hearing. Uh, Nika, the, the neighborhood association on the northeast side, submitted a letter of support. They did express some concerns um, about a site plan, but that's a, that'll be a separate um, consideration. The planning commission did vote unanimously to support it. 
um, and to make this change in zoning. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, commissioners, any uh, questions or comments about this? This is in the second ward. All right. Okay, we'll turn to our city clerk to call for the vote. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Commissioner O'Connor? Yes. Commissioner Moody? Yes. Commissioner Isasi? Yes. Commissioner Rappart? Yes. Commissioner Lanier? Aye. Mayor Bliss? Yes, it carries. All right, that will take us to our scheduled public hearings tonight, and we have three before us. Um, the very first one is a public hearing on the necessity of a one-year special assessment for enhanced services in the downtown improvement district. Uh, so I will, I believe Mr. Kelly, there you are. Mr. Kelly is here with us to give us an overview of this. I'll open it up for any of you who may have questions for Mr. Kelly, and then we'll turn to those who are in the queue. Welcome. Thank you, Mayor. Good to see you, commissioners. Um, I did have some slides. Thank you, Mr. Canfield. Um, always right on time. Um, yeah, so this evening, um, just wanted to give you a quick um, reminder of the Downtown Improvement District and its role in, in downtown. So uh, the down, the DID was established back in 2000. Um, it's funded through special assessments on real property. Um, it is currently uh, has a 15 member board and has been administered by DGRI since 2013. Um, the current one year authorization expires this year on June 30th. And so that's why we are before you um, and having this public hearing and ultimately going to be requesting your approval uh, for a one year extension. Uh, next slide, please. Um, as you all know, there's been a uh, significant amount of development, um, not only in the past decade, but um, in particular in the past five years, we've seen a number of new projects come online, um, as well as a number of new infrastructure investments um, that have occurred. And so the data is really essential in making sure that the, the, those infrastructure investments are taken care of long term um, and are going to remain in the community as assets uh, for years to come. Next slide. Uh, and, and the primary uh, function at the moment for uh, the data, in particular, the, um, the general assessment uh, is to help fund our ambassador program. Um, so the, the ambassadors, as, as we've talked about before, are crucial in providing those daily maintenance of sidewalk cleaning, flower planting, beautification, snow melt operation and maintenance, um, as well as um, just general, um, you know, eyes and ears on the streets. And so they, they've been crucial. Uh, since the program was established, and I think um, as, if we go to the next slide, I um, just wanted to highlight again the, the important role that they've played in this challenging year uh, and through the pandemic, and they've um, helped not only in increased maintenance um, and sanitizing of the infrastructure, uh, but also in helping to roll out a lot of the economic development um, work that we did over the past year, particularly with um, you know, events like World of Winter, Social Zones. Um, and also in, in being a liaison with the hot team. So um, it did um, helps to pay the, the bulk of the ambassador program. And that's why our um, board, as well as our reauthorization steering committee are requesting that the, uh, the did be extended for an additional year. Um, next slide, please. Um, so working with our, our committee, as well as our board, um, we did look at um, a number of scenarios um, and talk through some possibilities of alterations that included um, analyzing the opportunity to include residential properties into the assessment this year. I think as many of you know, that was a change in state law. Um, I think given the timing, there was a, uh, a general and I, I should say a consensus and agreement around um, holding off on that change. And so 
the only change that is being recommended, and if we go to the next slide, that is highlighted, is the combination of our three snowmelt districts. So currently there's snowmelt um, districts for uh, Louis Campau, Monroe Center, as well as Monument Park. Um, and in this plan um, and in the budget that we would recommend, um, those would be combined into one district, which we, we think will help uh, provide a more streamlined budget and overall um, operational efficiency. So just to underline again, no other changes are being proposed. Uh, next slide, please. Um, so again, we are here tonight with a public hearing. Uh, the notices were mailed out back on April 29th, um, and we would seek your approval um, at a meeting to be set, uh, hopefully sometime in June, uh, and then that would set off the uh, the timeline that you see here. Uh, we do um, we do anticipate and expect that bills would go out um, as last year on October 1st. So we have um, we have provided a little bit of extension on that. Um, traditionally, they've gone out in August. So October 1 billing is the uh, the plan. Um, and then lastly, just uh, acknowledgement again of our our volunteer board um, that helps to advise us um, on the DID. And with that, I would be happy to, I'll pause there. I know um, we'll have to take some public comment um, and I'll stand by for any questions. Great, thank you, Mr. Kelly. Uh, commissioners, any uh, questions before I uh, turn to those in the queue? All right, Mr. Start, do we have anyone who wishes to be heard? Uh, yes, we do, here comes your first call. Thank you. Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Thank you. My name is Scott Atchison. Um, commissioners, I would like you to ask Tim Kelly how much the total amount is for this downtown improvement district special assessment. How much is going to the ambassadors? And ask him about these downtown ambassadors, how they're paid. You know, is this block by block being billed a certain amount? and the ambassadors make a certain amount. But you're calling it enhanced services. And I cannot believe when these ambassador program first entered downtown Grand Rapids, some said, we don't need an information center downtown. We've got downtown ambassadors who wander around and answer all your questions, which I find, you know, funny. That Sunday I was downtown for a couple hours riding my scooter to one ambassador, but I saw dozens and dozens of people at Pearl and Monroe looking for information. Enhanced services, well, I'm still saying, I'm still disappointed with the city appointed and the DDA staff and board that you guys don't have the wisdom to see you need an information center at your main downtown intersect. The downtown improvement district and the DDA should fund the construction of the facility and the convention and visitors bureau should run it. If the Convention and Visitor Bureau doesn't want to run it, I'll run it. But to think we have all these downtown ambassadors, dozens of people at the Convention and Visitors Bureau, and at least 14 people at the Downtown Development Authority offices, but no information center. Basically, think we have too many chiefs and not enough Indians. But I'm not saying I, you guys are going to vote for this. I mean, nobody can change your mind. You guys are already in lockstep and group things. I'm still disappointed in you that you don't have the wisdom, you're living in a bubble, and you need to think like a visitor to downtown Grand Rapids. You guys know where everything is because you live here, but the visitors do not, and I have so many comments I'm going to share with you in the future to try to change your mind, to try to get you to take your head out of your bubbles and see that an information center would have immediate and future benefits. Thank you. Thank you, caller. 
Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. You have three minutes. Starts now. Good evening. I want to talk back. I'm puzzled why uh, this gets on the agenda. Of course, you have to have to review it, but you know our city buses don't still don't go there. They're still kicked out. There are a bunch of inane activities where uh, you are budding uh, childish school programs and childish uh, bike programs where. Uh, we, we get senior citizens and uh, a lot of GMP people can't use them practically if we have packages and uh, you're charging rent for them. That's illegal in, the, in that it violates state law. Larry will say he was the only one in the Essex uh, City Metro who would charge fares. Like, you know, free dash buses if you want, but you can't charge money for uh, the inane, uh, childishly offensive uh, scooter and bike, bike programs. Also, uh, we continue to be savaged by, uh, by disappearing bus shoulders, for example, right next to Van Andel Arena, next to the J. Van Andel statue, uh, there was an $11,000 uh, rapid bus shoulder there on Ottawa at the corner of Fulton, just on the south side of the street, destroyed. They moved a block farther away from uh, our uh, typical activities, for example, on copying, uh, to block extra work. Uh, I have to run to catch a bus. If I don't, then I'm out another half hour to the next uh, outbound bus on Fulton. Now, here's really a new wrinkle. The bus shoulders are all painted brown. Now, why would they do that? Well, uh, and they have holes in them. So uh, they really don't shelter much, but to you, it might look like they're sheltering. But they're all painted brown, and they have holes in them. So uh, people of certain color, fashionable colors, brown, black, cannot be seen. Uh, and you'll see the, these new shelters now on Fulton, uh, on the uh, east side of uh, of the arena, and uh, it's extremely offensive, and uh, you let them get away with this. Uh, so uh, again, another year of degraded bus, I guess we uh, see bus people don't count Catholics, senior citizens, uh, still six black bus routes, and uh, you know, some of you know the 19 was actually viciously destroyed. Many thanks. Uh, what the uh, reporting? Thank you, Colin. Uh, Mayor, there are no more calls in the queue. Thank you, Mr. Sard. I'll go ahead. Mayor, and Mayor, Mayor before we the, the next time, um, I don't know what the hell the black bus route is. Maybe someone else on this call does, but I'm I've, I've been trying to understand that, so I would appreciate unless there's some explanation for it that we um, stop allowing the caller to say that. All right, are you? Um, I will ask someone to follow up with Mr. Miller. Thanks, City Manager. Uh, with that, I'll close that public hearing. Uh, Mr. Kelly, did you want to respond to any of the questions posed about uh, the? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to, Mayor. Um, I think um, specific to the ambassadors, uh, as I touched on there, the the did pays um, the general area assessment um, pays for, uh, goes 65% toward the ambassador, so it's a little over $600,000 a year. Um, we have continued to hear rave reviews and responses from the ratepayers on the ambassadors and the the important services that they provide. Um, and then specific to the the wayfinding system, that's more of a, a DDA function. Um, but we do we do believe that um, the wayfinding system is in need of an update. Um, as you know, we're working through that plan right now. 
Uh, component of that is looking at a uh, more interactive kiosk that would serve as an information um, spot for visitors as well as residents uh, and, and workers to, to get information. Um, but as we've seen those information booths um, around the country, um, the cities are generally going away from that that model of, of infrastructure as it um, is seen as sort of an, a dated model and is really expensive to operate. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. All right, with that, I will close this uh, public hearing and this will be referred back to our committee of the whole. All right, next that will take us to our public hearing to consider the establishment of the 900 West Leonard LLC Neighborhood Enterprise Zone located at 900 Leonard Street Northwest. Um, I do believe we have Mr. Gracia with us tonight to tell us about this item and then I will see if any of you have questions and I'll open it up for public comment. Yes, Mayor, we also have representatives uh, from the uh, development team here, Mr. Hodeman, to uh, provide some comments. So just a quick summary. This uh, this is the public hearing for the um, establishing the neighborhood enterprise zone for the project at 900 Leonard that is known as Victory on Leonard um, that uh, proposes to demolish the former YMCA building and construct a new mixed story for use building um, with approximately 119 market rate residential units. So the project does qualify for a 15 year neighborhood enterprise zone pursuant to city commission policy uh, because it meets two of the criteria. One is it's proposing to provide housing type that comprises less than 20% of the existing housing stock in the census tract, in this case, census tract 16. And also the, the developer will work with um, the rapid to finance and install the installation of a covered bus shelter on the south side of Leonard Northwest adjacent to the property. The uh, project has received support from the West Leonard Business Association, the West Grand Neighborhood Association, and the West Side CIA. And I now will allow the uh, project team to provide uh, any additional comments about the project and then uh, answer any questions we, uh, we may have. Great, thank so you. Mr. Hodeman is there, I think. Great, they, uh, welcome, Mr. Hodeman. Uh, and I see Mr. Balka is here as well. So I'll turn it over to you to add any additional details. Uh, hi, Mayor. I'll, I'll turn over to Jack here real quick. And commissioners, good evening. Uh, sorry, I'm on my makeshift uh, desk here this evening. So um, appreciate the opportunity. Uh, what's before you is the district. Uh, uh, I think as uh, as Mayor Bliss noted, the brownfield will be coming back before you. Um, there's some tweaks being made to that. We need to go back to the Brownfield Authority before that is before you. But tonight's request is simply for the district. We will be back before you with the actual application uh, for further discussion and consideration. Uh, Jeremiah summarized the project well. Um, one thing to note, uh, the current range of, of rents for the property are, are ranging in the 70 to 80 percent range AMI. Um, so that's something Jack and his team um, uh, took note of to to be uh, accommodating to the uh, the neighborhood, uh, they felt um, you know that was a, a better fit for what they're looking to do here. So, uh, Jack, I'll turn it over to you to talk about the the team um, and your vision for the project. Uh, pre but again, appreciate your time and consideration tonight. Jeremiah and, and Jared, thank you so much for your comments, and uh, thank you so much for for giving me some time this evening to speak on this project. Uh, for, for five generations now, the Hodemans have lived, worked, and owned businesses in, in the west side of Grand Rapids. So this project is very special to me. Uh, my great-grandfather was a home builder on the west side, built many of the single-family homes that are in that area. 
Uh, my grandfather grew up on Power Street, and so I'm 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 very uh, honored and humbled to to be part of this project and to be be providing some uh, affordable market rate units uh, to the area that that are are really so desperately needed. Uh, so you know, as as Jeremiah and Jared have pointed out, it's a, it's a 120 unit mixed use building um, that we're we're looking to construct here, and um, we're we're really excited about it and and being able to provide much needed housing to the area as well as some some retail that can be an asset to the community as well as uh, to to the unit owners and. And, and provide some some housing that is affordable to everybody. Thank you. Um, let me see if my colleagues have any questions and then we'll open it up for public comment. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? No, I see my first word commissioners are shaking their head no. I'm sure you're uh, very familiar with this project. All right, then with that, we'll turn to anyone who has called in or is in the queue. Uh, Mr. Start, do we have anyone who wishes to be heard on this item? There are no callers in the queue. All right, I'll give it just one more, about 15 seconds, and then we'll see if anyone calls in. We have one caller in the queue. All right, thank you. Caller, you're on the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Good evening. The Mullers go back to uh, 1879 on the west side. Uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned a bus shelter, and they've been running 8,000 grand plus 17, uh, up to 10,000 grand plus 1,700 for add cement pad to uh, hold the bus shelter. The uh, open end of the shelter should be faced to the south. So, and use that way, you're protecting the wall and so-called wall end will be on the north side against the most severe howling winds and also prevailing westerlies. Uh, that stop there is the uh, your Skyjack 7, uh, America's dumbest uh, bus route. Your job to find a, a dumber route. It's Skyjacked, uh, it soars and orbits over downtown Grand Rapids. Uh, uh, while making stop, I mean, even taxpayers would, would think, well, why can't you run the uh, your 700 uh, Amarillo or Arrow and so on, uh, picking up fares for the taxpayers? All this extremely dumb. It doesn't land again until Cherry. And uh, so, what I'm advocating is to connect up the uh, uh, 700 West Leonard with the 15 East Leonard, which already does it at the station. But the station is out of the way. You lose close to 20 minutes by uh, detouring both the 7 and the 15 in, into uh, way out of the way, a misnamed central uh, station. So connect up the 7 and the, and the 15 uh, using Monroe, uh, north and south, and then uh, swinging uh, past the arena and to the library. This would give uh, your west side residents direct access to uh, the library, uh, the main library for the first time, Catholic Social Services on Jefferson, as well as uh, state champ, premier state champ, but not only basketball, but also football, uh, Catholic Central. And then the 15, and, and the West Side, your 715 would follow college and traditional route 
out loud and left to us, the uh, NAPS Corner Myra. Thank you ever so much. And uh, this is something I would consider uh, litigating, or it's the only way uh, should really be considered. It's just dumb our way, wasting taxpayer money, and you're going to spend another maybe $10,700 bucks on the bus so it doesn't it skyjack. Thank you very so much. Watch the other reporting. Thank you, caller. Mayor, there are no callers. Okay, I'm going to close that public hearing, and that will be referred back to the Committee of the Whole. All right, that will take us to our uh, final scheduled public hearing tonight. This is in consideration of our fiscal year 2022 service provision fees. Uh, and I believe we have our CFO, Ms. Claren, with us tonight to talk about this. Uh, and then we'll open it up for public comment. There you are. Hello, Ms. Claren. Uh, good evening, commissioners. Uh, this is a quite lengthy uh, item item before us tonight because it contains every single one of the 1,188 fees we we charge at the city. On the cover memo, you'll see a, a table that breaks down the fees on uh, if it had you know code A in the in the um, schedule that's attached to this would indicate there's no recommended change. So majority of our fees are not changing, but then we break down um, the ones that had a cost of living adjustment, which is around approximately 2% this year. So that's code B. And then code C, I typically get a lot of questions about um, the fees that are larger than our cost of living adjustments. And just generally in this category, um, I believe two thirds of them are directly in the community development department. However, um, if you look into each of these individual fees, you'll see that uh, most of these are, while they're more than the cost of living adjustment, uh, none of them do achieve full cost recovery. So they're still being subsidized through other means through our budget. Um, and then we do have 16 new fees this year. Uh, this was in the areas of energy, lighting, and communications, the golf course, uh, parking, traffic safety, and building experience building inspections. Uh, I believe there was some related to parks and rec and refuse and the treasures. Um, so you, if you look into the schedule, you'll see a lot of it, like for the parks and rec department, for instance, they're doing virtual classes. So we created a few fees to adapt to our new reality where we're trying to make the re being remote virtually to still, still get involved, but offer services. Um, and then you'll see category D, uh, these, these fees are achieving less than full cost recovery. That's of the uh, one, 1,188 fees total. So if you're trying to add up that chart, it doesn't total to 100% just because this is the, that we'd be double counting with this category D. So um, that's generally what's going on with our fees this year. Uh, this is our opportunity for public hearing. We'll adopt it next week. And with the budget process, we'll be doing the public hearing for the budget and the property tax next week. Thank you, Ms. Claren. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, uh, we do this every year. I know some of us are used to it. I appreciate the uh, pulling out the, the fees that have changed. So I, I find that very helpful. Uh, all right, with that, we'll open this up, uh, the public hearing up for public comment. Uh, Mr. Sark, do we have anyone in the queue? Here comes your first caller. Thank you. 
Collier, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Hello, my name is Kelly Bates and I'm the president of Justice for Black Lives. I'm calling in regard to the fiscal year of 2022. I'm asking my city commissioners to vote no proposal as the review timeline in the length of the budget did not allow for full city participation. We as community members deserve time to review where the city plans to put our tax dollars. Not to mention the fact that we have been demanding the city vote to defund GRPD, yet within the terms of this proposal, the GRPD will be receiving 700,000 more dollars than they did last year. This is completely unacceptable, especially given the fact that they use our money to brutalize black and brown community members, as well as peaceful protesters. Once again, I'm urging you all to vote no, start the process over, and this time with a participatory budgeting by the community. Lastly, defund the GRPD to that mandate 32% of the city's budget and pay for cure violence with the police's budget. Thank you. Thank you, Caller. Thank you, Caller. And, and again, just a reminder that this is a public hearing specific to our service fees and the provisions that are being recommended for service fee changes. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. If you can please turn down the volume in the background, please. Uh, please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Uh, hello, my name is Charlie. I am from Grand Rapids. Um, I am calling uh, in response to the proposed budget that has been uh, proposed budget for 2022. Um, the Timeline of this budget, the people were not. I'm going to put, I'm going to mute right there. So once again, this is a, Doug, if you can, Mr. Starr, if you can let them know that they would need to call in and push five if they want to talk about something that is not the fees, please. This public comment is specifically about fees. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Hi, my name is Casey Thompson. I'm the Youth Director for Justice for Black Lives, and I live on the south side of Grand Rapids. I'm going to address the city budget. First is insurance. I believe the police should be personally held liable for their own insurance. Sorry, once once again, this is a section about fees and not for um, for discussing any other items. Kali, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Uh, your three minutes starts now. Patricia Isaac, I live in the city of Grand Rapids. I'm in the northwest side, and I want to fund more of the police officers. I would like to have three more officers, 300. 
I think we, I, I, I think what we have here is, Doug, if you could just let them know just a minute that we paused. Um, I think what we have in, in the queue, it talks about the fees that support the budget. And so that may be why people are pushing it when they hear, hear it in the queue. I let the caller know. There are no more callers for, for, uh, for the fee schedule. Thank you, Mr. Stard. I, I do recognize it's, it is a little confusing because we have um, several items about the budget, um, but the service fees are, are pretty specific, uh, a pretty specific section of the budget that we need to hear comments on and, uh, and take up. So I'm going to close that public hearing and that'll be referred back to Committee of the Whole. Uh, commissioners, as you continue to look at the fees and if you get additional feedback, please feel free to contact Ms. Claren directly and ask her for um, any information that you may need. So with that, we'll turn to our last opportunity for public comment tonight. This is our uh, public comment period for any other items. Uh, and I will now open up that period of public comment and I'll turn to Mr. Sart to see if we have anyone in the queue. Here comes your first caller. Thank you. Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. My name's Jim, Arizona. Good evening. Uh, two meetings are back. Um, I don't always turn the volume on. I just speak or I say my thoughts or write them. But um, I'm finding out that Mayor Bliss may have been offended. <clears throat> Along with Sunita Lanier and uh, Melinda Asasi, and we cannot forget Ellie Page. So I'm apologizing if I said something that offended you guys. But the truth is, in the same way people are calling in and they're confused about what to speak on and when to speak on it, I really don't know what offended you guys, but I apologize. The other thing I'm requesting is that a hard copy of the agenda be sent to me so that I can uh, review it so I have better insight. Mm. I also um, would like to follow up with the city manager on what is the black bus route. I don't think Mark Washington asking um, Joel Hundor to contact me or anyone is good enough. Why not let us all know? Um, the other thing is I've lived in uh, Chicago, Texas, and I've traveled most of the state. You can go downtown Grand Rapids, which my son and I have done along with my family to stimulate the city. And we don't really need an information center. The ambassadors are good enough. You get to tier two cities like Denver, you got ambassadors and you have the information center. You can't get lost in downtown Grand Rapids. Mm. And there are enough people like the ambassadors that will simply give you directions. This ain't New York. The other thing I'd like to address, which I only have about two more, topics here is uh it's easy to say you're an activist or a civil rights leader and yet you want to proclaim the name of street but i think we need to fix them especially when it has to do with the corridor of granville avenue where i was born and raised with a thousand other mexicans like me and my family um and with that i'll say when i was in denver it was a jaw-dropping experience that Dr. Martin Luther King's family would award two of my children scholarships. 
and I hope I don't offend anybody. <clears throat> well, I would like to see Lupe Ramos Montani give a scholarship to a black child in the name of Cesar Chavez, which I don't think is happening. The other thing I'd like to speak on is- Caller, that's three minutes. Thank you. Caller, that's three minutes. Thank you. Hello? Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Danny Bennett, Grand Rapids mailing address, Plainfield Township. And Thank I'd like to comment on the defunding police issue. And I guess if there was ever a moment of uh, be careful what you wish for, it would be with this defunding. It just, uh, I, I know that the uh, city of Grand Rapids' leadership is wonderful people, very smart, intelligent people, and I, I can't think of any good reason to defund the police. Crime is up, and for the benefit of everybody, please don't consider this defunding. It, 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 can, it can only end, in, end badly. And that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the city commission. If you could please state your name and the city in which you live, your three minutes starts now. Hello, um, it's me, um, Allie Bates, calling again. Um, calling to demand accountability against the officers who brutalized Sam Coleman last week. Not even two weeks after the video after video footage surfaced online of the Grand Rapids Police Department brutalizing a black man over littering, we have yet another video of the Grand Rapids Police Department brutalizing yet another black man. This is what our $56.4 million goes towards of our tax money? During a press conference on the day of the Derek Chauvin verdict was announced, our chief of police said, and I quote, that chokeholds of or any kind of neck restraint have never been a trained tactic within the Grand Rapids Police Department. And that there's also has also long been a duty to intervene by other officers witnessing wrongdoing. So I have to ask, is this their idea of a duty to intervene? What about the neck restraint? This man had not one but two officers with knees in his back, pinning him to the ground and suffocating him. It has been made abundantly clear that everyone except those in charge of the officers of the GRPD do not at all respect authority and the city lets them get away with it. All year, people have been complaining about these protests saying, oh, George Floyd didn't happen here or neither did Breonna Taylor. But you, but you know what happened before both of their murders? All of the officers involved had a history of violence against BIPOC. And once again, and I said it, said it once again, I, I said it once and I'm going to say it again. At the rate the GRPD is at, they're going to kill someone. Mark Washington, Chief Eric Payne, and Brandis, Brandon Davis, you work for us. Do your job. And once again, defund GRPD. You can't take our tax money and turn around and brutalize us with the, with the equipment that our money paid for. I yield my time. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Thank you. 
Hi, everyone. My name is Sarah Edgington, and I am a resident of the city of Grand Rapids, a parent advocate and parent leader for Parents for Healthy Homes. I'm here today to say that we appreciate the attention and knowledge on the issue of lead poisoning, but that the city has had uh, over the last several years. Um, but now we want to see the city put some adequate monetary resources to, and attention to fix the problem. Increasing cases of lead poisoning with children being at home during COVID. Um, there's a, I have sent in a New York Times article for reference. And I also want to remind the city council that approximately 65 to 70% of the housing stock in GR was built before 1978. The issue has, um, of lead has been in the city, in the state and in the city uh, for the last several years and has been referenced by many commissioners um, as well as the mayor as being really important. And so we would like to, to see some action taken for that. Um, and I appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Hi, my name is Casey Thompson. I'm the Youth Director for Justice for Black Lives, and I live on the southeast side. Um, I'm calling first to once again suggest that police carry their own insurance. If police carried their own insurance, it would hold them personally, financially accountable for their incidents. It would relieve a ton of taxpayer money, and it would build a track record for repeat offending officers outside of filing complaints which are in their own hands. 100% of the cities who have defunded the police and funded the communities saw a decrease in crime. A hundred percent of them. Why are we debating this? Instead of new pipes to reduce the lead, I get an annual, an annual letter telling me to boil my water. Chief Payne said GRPD doesn't practice chokeholds, including kneeling on necks. But he did add banning chokeholds as a very necessary part of the eight can't wait strategy. Then GRPD kneeled on Sam Coleman's neck last Sunday. I'm curious how much police brutality GRPD is gonna get away with this summer by labeling the incident stolen vehicles. There have been 10 plus cases so far this spring alone where GRPD has pulled someone over, drawn weapons on them, used physical force on them, and even bypassed elderly women's special needs over vehicles that were indeed legal. These are reasons, along with many more, that we need to defund GRPD fast, not slow. I forfeit my time. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Hi, my name is Charlie. I live in Grand Rapids. I am calling today to uh, request that the City Commission vote no on the proposed budget for uh, the fiscal year 2022. Um, the timeline in which this budget was created did not allow for full community participation and was not uh, appropriately transparent, um, did not allow for people to weigh in and have a say in what the budget uh, 
gives to the Grand Rapids Police Department especially. Um, the fact that GRPD is receiving $700,000 more than they did last year, despite the fact that people have been out protesting for the last year, and GRPD has targeted activists, has injured activists. I've seen my friends, you know, one got their foot broken when a police officer ran over their foot with a bike, and I've seen people be slammed to the ground. This is not acceptable. And we've seen the videos of black people and black men being, having two or three police officers hold them down just on suspicion of littering or, you know, they didn't even know, they didn't even have, you know, it's like intelligence does not warrant that. There's supposed to be a process and police as a whole are just incapable of doing that. This process of making this budget needs to be started over with the ability of the community to weigh in and know what the community needs. I'm also calling to request that GRPD be defunded to the mandated 32% of the city's budget and that uh, pay for cure violence comes out of the city, out of the police budget, um, and that even better that that stuff go towards things that actually benefit the community like public housing, potentially health care, potentially making the rapid something that people can expand service and get rides on for free. And just so that would help a lot of other people. That's what the money should be going towards. Uh, thank you. I yield my time. Thanks, Scott. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Great, thank you. Scott Atchison again, Grand Rapids resident, third ward. I want to tell you a little story that bigger is not always better. Two weeks ago, I had to go to Chicago. I had a meeting at 10 o'clock in the morning on Michigan Avenue. And this is, I've been to Chicago numerous times, taking the train there, drove there. This time I drove there by myself, checked in to a hotel right on Walker Avenue, surrounded by tall buildings. What I'm trying to tell you is bigger is not always better. When I'm there the next morning, well, let me go back. And even I took the blue line out to Jefferson Park exit, like going on, going out to O'Hare, and I visited two ex-Grand Rapids residents who used to live here, but now they're teachers in the Chicago public school system. But it got me thinking, bigger is not always better. My idea of an information center at the main downtown intersection would not work in Chicago because you would need 15 of them, and then the expense would be outrageous. But my point is, Grand Rapids is like the perfect size city, like a tennis ball. Chicago's like a basketball, and nothing is bigger than a basketball. We're like a tennis ball. Downtown Grand Rapids is walkable. We should have an information center at the main downtown intersection that will let everybody know what is open in downtown Grand Rapids. Become information city. And I wish Tim Kelly was still here. He dropped off of the meeting. But with that $12,860,000 in pet projects through the GR Forward, there's plenty of money in there to run an information center. But it should be the Convention and Business Bureau. I have a letter from the Grand Rapids City Commission signed by all the commissioners and the mayor before any of you were there that said the Convention and Business Bureau 
should be coming to you to do this. But they're not. They're not knocking on your door because, I don't know, blame it on COVID or something. But, you know, that's all I'm going to say. Bigger is not always better. Grand Rapids is the ideal size downtown that an information center would work perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. If you could please lower the volume on your device. Okay, my name is Sue Baker. I am a uh, resident of the Grand Rapids Township, and I work in the city of Grand Rapids. My call is to uh, really, really ask people, have they thought through the process of defunding? Here, or, uh, City Manager Washington stated on May 6th that uh, during the town hall meeting, Defunding the Grand Rapids police budget would mean the loss of 50 officers. That's 50 less officers in a city with a population of nearly 200,000 citizens. That is dangerous and deadly. And defund GRPD, the group. I don't think they understand. If you cut 600 million, that doesn't mean that their choice projects are going to get that money. There are a lot of other projects out there where that money will go, but they will not make our city safe. To defund our Grand Rapids Police Department would be a huge mistake and would be extremely deadly for our city. Thank you very much. Thank you, Colin. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. My name is Patricia Sizek. I live in the northwest side of Grand Rapids, and we do not want to defund the police. We need more police officers out here. It is not safe here. I can't even go safely for a walk. And these people that are complaining are terrorists, and they need to be stopped. They have worked to destroy our city and have made it to where a point where it, it, we are scared to go out. It's hard to go shopping because we have been confronted by these people, and it's got to stop. We have more uh, projects coming up than we need. We need to cut down on some of these buildings because we do not have the police or law enforcement to protect us. Please do not defund the, the police department in any way. I would like to have 300 more officers so that we will have a safe place to live and to be able to be out and enjoy the city the way we should. Please do not defund the police department in any way. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. Bye. <laughs> Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. My name is Tasha Garrett, and I am a resident of Grand Rapids. I am a parent advocate with Parents for Healthy Homes, and I spoke last month at the city council to express our desire that the council act in the next budget cycle to allocate money for rental home lead inspections and clearances. 
and we will continue to advocate for funding until the 100% preventable issue of lead poisoning is no longer a topic that we're talking about. In 1997, my son was lead poisoned. I had the support from the Traveling Grandparents Program, Spectrum Hospital, and the Kent County Department to ensure that my home and son were both cared for and lead hazards in my home were no longer present. There were resources that were connected and available. And if we could do this in 1997, we can do this again in 2021. I appreciate the value of the care that was given to my son's life in 1997. I only ask to give the same value to the children today. I am not asking you to do something that you as a city hasn't already done. We don't want to see any more children lead poison, and I'm sure you don't want that either. So let's work together to pass proactive policy and provide the necessary financial resources to make this 100% Excuse me, to make this 100% preventable problem not be a problem anymore in Grand Rapids. And we know the issue of lead poisoning is important to you because we received a neighborhood match fund for our event, Healthy Housing, Healthy Kids Drive-Up Fair, that we're holding on June 5th. And we are bringing lead awareness to the community during that event because we understand that there are more children at risk to lead exposure in their homes now during COVID-19 than there has ever been before. So I thank you for listening to me. Thank you, caller. Paula, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Hello, my name is Johnny Brand, a business owner in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm calling about the uh, discussion on defunding the Grand Rapids Police. I don't think the ramifications are understood at all. If you wanted to fund, know the other side of it. We have a city of over 200,000 people, and they need to be serviced too. So just to defund for your cause, for your area, is so wrong, and so it's just so, I don't even know the word, but it's, really makes our city, we're leading, going in the wrong direction. We really are. 38 uh, homicides last year. Um, the city itself is not safe. The perception is out there. And I plead with you. I just wish you'd take me serious. I mean, we are getting to be known as a not a safe city. I know a lot of people from out of town, people that went downtown, don't even like going downtown. I mean, this is serious. This is serious. For the betterment of our city, we have got to have enough police officers out on the roads patrolling. They, and they do a great job. A bad police officer, yes, they should be fired. They should be dealt with. No denying that, and I don't disagree. As far as the good police, and there's a lot of them, I'll say great police, that serve every single day, risk their lives. I mean, all, this, all the things that have been said about them. But now it seems like the narrative on our police is police hate. Well, if that one girl that, that calls in and talks about the police and this should happen, and this was happening, protests. And I don't know, these people walking down the middle of the street one night, and they wouldn't get off the street. I mean, they were asked, asked, asked. So what do you want the police to do? Just have this, will you the police sh uh, street shut down? I don't think so. So did you want to get arrested to make a point? All I know is that our city is in trouble. And I also don't want to be racially profiled myself. I am not a racist. I've been told that. I love the black community. We try to help them. We're doing more for the downtown, uh, the inner city, the voice for the badge, than the city is. And I'm working with, I'd be happy to sit down with somebody from the city. 
We're doing some great things for the inner city, and they're going to show because we care about the inner city, but we also care about our police. And they're being demonized. People that go on risk their lives every single day, and there's been killing. Somebody was, was murdered in Los Angeles yesterday, and in California. I mean, it just keeps happening. These ambushes, you know, the, the riots. You're talking about the riots and getting mistreated. Well, how about the police getting spit at, rocks thrown at them, and water, frozen water bottles? I mean, how about the police? There's a lot of injuries there. There's a lot of psychological injuries, too, because you go through all that. You have somebody in your face saying that, I'm going to go to your house and find your spouse, and we're going to do this and that to them. I mean, come on. We're trying to build unity. We need police. If we don't have them, this will be an uncivilized city. That's three minutes, caller. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Hi, my name is Mark, and I'm from Grand Rapids. I'm just going to say something brief, brief on the, on the, on the subject of the police. Those people who want to say they want to hire more police officers, be careful what you wish for. They did that in St. Louis. Crime has skyrocketed. More police officers are not going to deter crime. It's going to be up to the residents to deter crime. Now, for what I want to now, now to get back to what I really want to talk about. The crumbling overpass of Wealthy and 131. That thing is getting worse, not not better. And if, and, if, and if something is not done, it's going to be a catastrophe. You have to fix it. It's too tight. It's too narrow. The concrete is crumbling by the second. You know, nobody, you know, I'm not driving. I'm not driving over that thing. There's no telling I might, I might fall and cross you a semi or something. Something has to be done. You know, get with the state. Build a traffic circle. There were them odd diamonds that they that 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 they came out with. Something, anything. You know, safety is paramount there, and it has to be done. You know, people's lives are at stake, and if, if not, if something's not done, there might be some lawsuits coming, and it won't be pretty. Thank you very much. Thank you, caller. You know, people caller, you're on with the city commission. Can you please lower the volume on your device? In the background. Awesome. Thank you. You're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Hi, my name is Kathleen Postmas, Plainfield Township. I called in a couple weeks ago about the defunding, and uh, my impression is is that you spend a lot of time listening to these people that have complaints about the police. However, um, the people that are having issues with the police are the ones that are committing crimes. Um, people need to stop resisting and listen and, and follow the law, and there won't be those issues. Um, everybody wants to hate on the cops, but... Um, I talked to you guys about doing ride-alongs a couple weeks ago. Uh, to my knowledge, not one of you has uh, taken me up on that or achieved pain on that. And that just goes 
to show that you refuse to educate yourselves about what police officers deal with on a daily basis. We just had three more officers killed. Um, our officers put their lives on the line day in and day out to protect this city. And all you guys consistently listen to is a small minority of the city residents who have issues. And most of those people have issues because they're committing crimes, not because they're law-abiding citizens. Um, just like the video that was released recently, that one of those suspects went for the officer's gun. They were rolling three deep with four illegal handguns in the vehicle. And it's the cop's fault. The cops did something wrong. No, they're out committing felonies. Let's take a step back, stop armchair quarterbacking, and actually look at what precipitated the police involvement. The police wouldn't be involved if they weren't committing crimes. So I'm asking you guys to keep funding our police department and back them up because, like I said my, before, my daughters, they're wearing my badge now. Their morale is so low. They are so disrespected, and it needs to change. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. You have your three minutes starts now. Hi, my name is Abigail Bartlett. I work in the city of Grand Rapids um, with Healthy Homes Coalition as a community organizer um, with Parents for Healthy Homes. Um, and I just wanted to echo the sentiments shared by um, my also fellow activists in the community around healthy housing, Tasha and Sarah, who spoke earlier in support of increased funding for the fiscal year budget 2022 um, for funding towards proactive uh, policies that support lead remediation, work and inspection clearances. Um, we're excited. We do know that there was in the current budget plans, there is an increased funding that is allocated for additional community development. What was it? Additional community development department staffing support. Um, if possible, providing more clarity on what that means, um, I think would be really great. Um, does that mean that the city is moving towards a rental inspection program? Um, whether it's a pilot program towards an ordinance or um, would love to hear more on that. Um, we have been continuing uh, a raise the standards campaign knowing that we need to raise the standards of rental um, clearance or rental home clearances within the city to require these lead clearance certifications so that children aren't being the lead detectors within homes, but that we're actually detecting for lead before families move in. Um, and so we are excited to be working with the city to move that forward. And I hope um, that that continues to be a top priority, um, not only in words, but also in financial commitment. Um, thank you. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Hi, my name is Melissa Poplis. I'm a citizen of Grand Rapids and also a proud member of Voice for the Badge. Uh, I apologize, public speaking is not one of my strengths, uh, but I'm tired of being silent. Um, I'm sick of what's happening within our community. It terrifies me when I hear phrases like defund the TRPD. For the most part, I feel pretty safe while out and about in our city, but that safety is dependent on the amazing men and women that protect and serve our community. That's the Grand Rapids Police Department. You know, our men and women that probably wear that badge, they're human. 
they are mothers or fathers, wives, husbands, children, grandchildren. They choose this honorable profession because they truly care. You know, they want to make a difference. Obviously, they don't, I think, choose to be an officer because of the money. Uh, at the end of the day, they just hope and pray to go home to their loved ones. And I mean, defunding, it's just, please, absolutely not. We're already short on officers. We had a record number of homicides just last year. And I'm sorry, but the idea of sending in civilians to do police work is, is mind-boggling. I keep reading about hundreds and thousands of dollars we're spending on companies to supposedly analyze our police department. But I guess I challenge you, when was the last time that, you know, you all went on a ride along or just reach out and have a conversation with one of our officers? I'm just hoping for a city where we can show support for those. I mean, these, these folks run towards danger when I sure as heck would run away. Um, I love our GRPD. Call me selfish, but... I like feeling safe while out and about and uh, enjoying the great city of Grand Rapids. And I thank you for your time. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Me llamo Alex Fernacci. Tengo pregunta. Aquí no hay un centro de informaciones en esta ciudad. Es malo. Adiós. Hi, my name is Carlos Martinez. I have questions. Why is there not a center for information? I want answers. Bye. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. How you doing? My name is DeAndre Jones. I stay in the city of Grand Rapids. Uh, I'm not the one for saying the funds, but I know uh, if I'm just being realistic, it sounds that a lot of community members want um, the Grand Rapids Police Department to fund it. Um, more of one of the people that I would say to re-image the police department. I don't think uh, this uh, funding from this budget will be um, used to reduce uh, the police department's budget. It's for the simple fact that I understand that care violence uh, is not here just to uh, stop uh, people from getting killed, but I understand that at least 38 or 39 people were killed last year, but there were hundreds of shootings. The majority of those shootings happened on the north side of uh, Grand Rapids instead of the south side. And so uh, I definitely support care violence. I believe that that will help reduce the hundreds of shootings that happened in the city of Grand Rapids. A lot of uh, people aren't dying, but a lot of shootings are occurring. I do believe that I believe I, I did sit through another meeting and heard that the city manager said that after this budget process is over that there will be some additional funding that uh, can potentially go to community projects so I do ask that that additional funding if there if I heard that correctly that that funding goes to community projects and then the next budget if the police department still have these complaints that I don't believe that funding will be reduced from this budget this year around but if uh, the next year's budget or that process comes around and the police department is continuously getting these complaints. I do believe that city management or whoever is in power at the city commission, the UDIs really need to look at re-imaging and actually taking 
money from the budget, regardless of how the police department do what's best for the people and re and reinvest that money back into the community. Uh, I yield my time. I appreciate it. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the city commission. If you could please uh, turn down the volume in the background. Uh, if you could please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Alvin C. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yate Shea Alvin C. Grand Rapids, Edanasha. Shumadosi A. Shirley to Oliver Julia. Luke Antil Enasha. Sanja Kinishlin, Tori Chini Bashachin. Agwada A. Dinenshlon. I'd like to thank the commission today for taking um, my call uh, to speak to you all. I am Alvin Chi. I'm an indigenous gay man um, who's pretty new to Grand Rapids, been calling this home for two years now. Um, and just, excuse me, and just hearing um, what people have been saying on our the call today, you know, it, it concerns me a little bit that I'm living in the same city as some of these folks here who are calling in. Um, I'm more afraid to be out and about and seeing the GRPD uh, show up. Um, I don't think they'd be the first people I'd call for help in uh, a dire situation. I believe that the money that could be saved could go towards other programs that I feel like the city needs and could better um, utilize from social services, safety nets, housing. There's so much going on here in like this political climate that I don't think the people who see individuals marching down the street actually take the time to learn what the issues are um, and why they're doing it. I feel that um, even folks who are quote unquote left of the leftist party here, don't take the time to actually listen to what the real concerns are. There's a lot we can do together if we try, you know, and a lot of the conversations leave out what could be done with that saved money. And if we are to better ourselves as a society, I think we have to listen and try new avenues of um, trying to live with one another. If bringing on more cops worked, that hasn't worked in hundreds of years now. It never works. What we need to do is start thinking, as some folks have already said it here, we can bring down that crime rate. We can do it, but we have to be neighbors. And I don't think right now the conversation is headed is actually listening to the people. Caller, that's three Thank minutes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Caller, can you turn on the volume in the background? Awesome. Yes. You are on with the wait, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Yes, thank you. My name is Adam Sherman. I live in Grand Rapids, in the city's third ward. And I'm calling today to uh, ask that uh, the commission uh, 
not to pass this proposed budget for the fiscal year of, of 2022. Uh, that's going to be uh, not only uh, uh, not taking money out of the police budget, but actually giving the, the police department $700,000 more than they received last year. And there's no reason we should be giving the police department even more money when they have spent the, the police department, the leadership of the police department and this city commission for the most part has been completely deaf to the, the, the calls from the people. We've had uh, citizens, myself included, marching in the streets, telling you exactly what we want, which is to defund the GRPD. Because in the last year, the GRPD has not saved us. They've not come to the side of the community. In fact, they spent that year targeting black activists. They've spent the past year disproportionately harassing black motorists and black citizens. And I think it's time that we start taking money from that police department budget and putting it back into the community, back into uh, things like uh, mental health services, counseling services, health services for the community. Money that could be going towards the Cure the Violence program could be taken out of that $700,000 that more that's going to the police budget. We could be paying for the Cure the Violence program out of that money. There's so many more things that we could be doing to help the people in this community than buying more military-type hardware for the police department, buying more uh, shot spotter technology that we have shown uh, is not tested to be uh, accurate. Um, we, don't, we don't need more police, and we don't need more heavily armed police. We need to be reinvesting in our community. We need to be putting that money back into social services that help the people of the community and not target the people of the community and not harass the people of the community. We don't need helicopters flying around the Southeast side. We don't need uh, escalated force from the police department. We need community. And so I'm asking you once again, as many of us have asked you, that's three minutes, caller. Thank you very much. Thank you. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Watchdog back 7-9 uh, on your agenda, as well as Chicago, which uh, we heard brought up earlier. Uh, the... Uh, well, my dad's people uh, landed here in Grand Rapids in 1879. He personally was Catholic Central JCUM first job out of Ann Arbor or in Chicago as an electrical engineer for the Chicago Elevated Lines, Elevated. If you've been over there, you know that the that Elevated is uh, seven blocks long, north-south, and about five blocks uh, east-west. Talking Wells, uh, Van Buren, Wabash, and and makes seven different elevated lines, routes from whatever neighborhood. It doesn't make any difference whether you're black, brown, or, or even white, uh, as in Albany Park. Uh, they circle the ele so it's elevated loop, uh, which saved uh, uh, some $2.4 billion. Uh, I have a, a photo of the Chrysler building over in New York. 
Looking down on 1930s photos, I see four massive elevated uh, stations in north-south lines crossing uh, Manhattan. They all went down, but uh, I have to say, but in any case, uh, Chicago is much better served. You have to go downtown uh, on the elevated line, also the Dearborn subway, talking uh, the Congress 290 Eisenhower Expressway, uh, Dearborn, North South, out Lake Milwaukee, uh, goes to O'Hare neighborhoods, uh, uh, Northwest, and uh, largely Hispanic neighborhoods, some Italian neighborhoods going on two west routes. So it's got way better off than what we have here. And uh, if you notice, uh, he never has once advocated, you've heard him come before you dozens of times, he doesn't think we belong, we bus riders belong. It's always the benefit uh, information center, which, you know, after we we don't need, the hotel people don't need it. If they did need it, you know, you generally uh, balance grade, the uh, information center would, would be there. I'm not uh, uh, criticizing. Well, you know, I just kind of stepped over the line saying Chicago's better. It's totally false. Uh, uh, please go, go, go over there and investigate. On seven nine, uh, the, the mayor's pet terrorist. Uh, we see the Trumps, the failed Trumpsters on January sixth. Many of them are in jail here in in uh, in Michigan. They were total failures in terms of influence and policy. But she did influence policy. That's why I'm going through. Uh, uh, all this uh, Spanish uh, uh, second language here. Uh, she totally succeeded in the, in her terrorist tactics. She's missing. Caller, that's three minutes. Thank Amy you. Amy Carpenter. Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Hi, my name is Tammy Smoker. I'm a daughter of two little girls, and um, tell you what, it, it terrifies me to defund our police. Terrifies me. Let's look at. Let's just look at facts. Let's just look at facts. Look at the city of Los Angeles, who defunded the police, and now they're going to fund the police because what happened was terrible, terrible things. We need our police. We need them. It's not a debate. We need our police. We need to fund them. We need to back them. I ask that you, as parents, as citizens, and just as humans, stop with looking at so much of the other things and just please look at the fact for our children, for ourselves, for our businesses. Don't, don't, don't let them go. Don't let this up. We need to we need to fund our police. We need to we need to back them. In the past, in the past year, look at Los Angeles. Eight fold rise in shootings. Eight fold rise in shootings. Fifty nine in the first two weeks of twenty twenty one compared to seven at the same time of last year. Let's not be the city that's going to be heard as being the city. Let's be the city that's going to rise up and be better. Funder, please. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the city commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Hi, this is Sandy Brand. Um, I own a business in Grand Rapids. 
And I am very, very upset over the defunding of the police. Number one, I get it. Not all cops are good. But for them to be categorized as all cops are bad truly makes me sick. I can't imagine being a wife of an officer and praying every day that he walks back in the door to see my kids. I have children. I have grandchildren. They have all been taught. When you get pulled over, do what you're told. Simple as that. When you don't do what you're told, you get in trouble. And when they sat and started burning buildings down in our town, and trust me, I've seen it before. I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. That's not how you solve it. And I truly believe it has ruined this city. You want to defund the police? Maybe we should defund other people, such as commissioners. Let them give some of the money to the police. You look at these cities that have defunded their police, now they're begging them to come back. And I would not want to be a cop in this town because they're not respected by you. And that's all I have to say, and thank you for listening. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Can you turn on the volume in the background, please, caller? Yes, sir. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, yep, your three minutes starts now. Uh, Pamela Urbanski. I do not live in the city. Okay. But I've done real estate in the city. To defund the police department is a bad mistake. These officers go out there and risk their lives every day. Every day. They leave their house. They leave their family. You need to have appreciation about it. It's not about black, white, Asian, whatever. You need to appreciate those officers that are protecting you. Because guess what? When you get in trouble, who do you call? You call them. You call them. Just remember that. And I'm tired of everybody, everybody's life matters. Everybody's life. Just keep that in mind. And count your blessings. And pray for these officers that go out there and protect us. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Caller, you're on with the City Commission. Please state your name and the city in which you live. Your three minutes starts now. Hey, my name is Karen Black. I live in Allendale, Michigan. I'm calling to say that the city of Grand Rapids should not talk about defunding GRPD. They need to give more funding to the officers that keep the city safe and everything, not just the people that live there, but the businesses, the people that have businesses there and the people that um, they want to bring into Grand Rapids for tourist reasons, because without our police officers and the number of officers that we need, it would not be a safe city. I would not bring my family there. I would not tell my friends to go there because um, lack of 
security due to lack of money going into our police department. And um, that would not look good, I feel, for the city of Grand Rapids anyway whatsoever. And our men and women working the streets, they do deserve the money, more money, to keep everybody that lives there and the people that have businesses there and people that go to work there safe because the job they do is um, very dangerous. They deserve the recognition. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Mayor, there are no more calls in the queue. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate that. Um, all right, I will turn to my colleagues around this table and I'll start tonight with uh, Commissioner Murphy. Hi, Commissioner Murphy. Well, thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, I just want to say thank you for all the callers that have called in tonight. I appreciate all the work that is being done on the budget for the city of Grand Rapids. And uh, at this point in time, I would like to thank the city manager and yourself for all the work that you do and my colleagues as well. Have a great evening and a good night. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, Commissioner Isasi? Thank you, Mayor. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for the calls um, tonight, and thanks for all the work by city staff. Um, I think this month I'm just thinking about um, everyone's mental mental health and the fact that this month is mental health awareness. Um, I think more than ever we see individuals who um, are really struggling to understand kind of what's going on in this world, whether it's stuff in their own personal lives. Um, feeling like it's very overwhelming, um, maybe financially, you know, mentally in their health and just remind you that there is an event this week with be nice to stomp out the stigma walk um, and really to eliminate that stigma that exists with mental health. Um, you know, listening to these calls, um, it's really interesting because, you know, I don't know if it is do we need to share more about the conversations that we're having? Things were laid out pretty much last week. Um, it's, it's hard to listen to some of these calls um, and to realize that we're really at an impasse in terms of philosophy. We're in a terms of, you know, what do we think makes us all safe in this community? And so, you know, I think for me, I think about somebody who called me a few weeks ago and told me that their six-year-old daughter was beside herself after watching a neighbor get pulled over, stopped by uh, police in our community. Nine, nine officers were there, nine cars. And she's, you know, her sentiment was, I have this like traumatized child now um, who experiences in their community. And I want to be, I want to feel safe. I want to be in a community and that looks at what are all the investments that can go into making us safe. And I can't help but think about myself at six years old because I too watched somebody in my family get taken away by the police. Um, and it was something that sticks with me and it's still very traumatic. And so I, I sit here really struggling with how do we move forward? Um, I think, you know, city manager, you laid out the budget, laid out what are the realities about the step increases and the other pieces. And so 
I think we're just at the point where it's like a, a philosophical point of view. And so I, I think that at this point, I hope that people kind of listen to our commission meetings, hear the questions that we're asking and think about kind of where they're maybe spending their time and the energy on sort of the commentary moving forward, because there were some things I heard tonight that were very triggering, felt actually pretty racist. Um, and to sit here and so sometimes not to be able to say anything in that moment is one of the worst feelings in the world. And, you know, I, I really feel like all of us around this table, there might be different ways that we have tactics about how we want to get this done. But I want to say that I appreciate all of you. And I think that this budget process is one that hopefully we'll be able to move forward over the next week. We'll be able to have further conversations and, um, you know, hopefully pass a budget that we can continue working to live out our values, primarily around racial equity, primarily around governmental excellence, and really trying to make this community safe for everyone and not just fall into one myth of what safety means um, for everyone. So um, thank you and have a good night. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, Commissioner O'Connor? All right, Commissioner Lanier? Thank you, Mayor. Um, thank you to those of you who called in to um, provide public comment this evening um, on any topic, as well as those public hearings that we had. Um, I, I, City Manager, I don't see you on. I don't have my budget details in front of me, but I think it would be great to um, share the schedule again because I know at some during some of those discussions we are providing opportunity for public comment to be given. And it would be great just to kind of share that schedule if we could. Um, so whoever has that, um, you know, if we could share that with the public, I think that would be helpful. Um, and understanding that some of those meetings are held during the day, so people may not have the capacity to attend, um, but there will be also a public hearing um, on the budget itself. Um, coming up as well. So I just want to make sure that people are aware of the many opportunities that um, do exist during this budget discussion to be able to weigh in. Um, I think we, you know, we have a budget now that um, I think, Mayor, you may have said it earlier today that, you know, was looking much more bleak than it is now um, as we were looking at a lot of the funding that had been lost. And um, I think we do have opportunity to, um, with the ARPA dollars, to be able to have more community engagement as we're going forward. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. We'll, we'll make sure that that is posted. And I know um, last week at the Budget Town Hall, we also, we also talked about that. So, uh, Commissioner Rapper? Yeah, thanks, Mayor. I, I too just want to say thanks to the people who called in and, and really um, were sticking with us for these long meetings, paying, uh, paying attention online, sending emails, uh, asking questions. Um, it's a lot of work to, to stay in touch with everything that's happening. And so for those who are leaning in and engaging, we are appreciative of that. And I, and I, and I end a night, a day like this where we were in meetings together for 
10 plus hours with a lot of gratitude for, for each of you um, and the work that you do and the staff for all the work that they do to, to set up those meetings. So feeling, feeling grateful for, for you all as my colleagues tonight. Thanks, Commissioner. Uh, Commissioner Jones. Thank you, Mayor. And, uh, thanks to, uh, to all who took the time this morning, this evening rather, to, uh, to call in. Um, and even for those who did not call in, just want to uh, say thank you for your presence uh, as you uh, took part in the meeting. I want to um, really uh, take a moment to um, uh, just lift up city staff uh, for the work that has been done and continues to be done. Uh, we, you know, the part of the, the budget process that I uh, can appreciate the workshops is that we're reminded of uh, that which has been done. And I, I think that uh, there's a significant amount of work, a lot of things that we can point to in terms of progress, um, you know, during a time that was very much the lowest point of our community uh, in, in the world uh, due to the pandemic. And uh, there's a lot that, uh, again, we're reminded of, uh, whether it's the, the work that we're doing around the environment, uh, the work around vital streets, uh, the opportunities we have before us with dollars coming for housing, um, as well as uh, the opportunities before us uh, with with um, uh, the COVID relief economic recovery, uh, and so I think that you know the, we're we're in this this space that um, you know again none of us has ever experienced, and so it's kind of difficult to think about how do we. Usually, you can fall back on lived experience, but uh, none of us have ever lived through this, and so. I just think that uh, in spite of everything that's happening, um, we continue to find a way to try to move forward and, uh, and, and progress. And I think that uh, city staff has done just a, a yeoman's job. A lot of folks that who aren't, perhaps their names aren't mentioned uh, and we don't know, we don't see their faces, but we know that they're getting it done behind the scenes. And so I just wanna really again, recognize and lift up city staff. And also want to, uh, you know, again, with regards to all of those who continue to call in around the issue of policing, I think uh, we have to keep at top of mind that uh, a lot of us are speaking based on a lived experience, whether whether it's individuals who are uh, in favor of of of, of um, defunding the police or those who are opposed to it. Uh, it is primarily based on lived experience, and I think that. Uh, with that in mind, it's always an opportunity for, for I think, for all to engage in the uh, in the activity of empathy. Because if all you know is what you know, uh, it's kind of hard, I think, to sometimes see things from another's, another's perspective. And so um, this is, I think, a, a debate that will continue. And yet, I think we have to uh, give thought to uh, what it means to be a resident in Grand Rapids based on where you live, based on the color of your skin, based on your socioeconomic status and such. And so I think that, um, I'm, I'm, again, I'm always open and welcoming the, uh, the tension that comes with it. And I just believe that uh, I'm, having, I'm, 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 I'm committed to believing that we can and uh, we, we can get to a better place, but it's going to take a significant work, a significant lift. And I just think that we have to, uh, it begins with uh, committing to a, a better sense of empathy. So thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, I'll turn to our appointed official, City Clerk. 
Thank you. It's a was a fun day moving back and forth between city commission and uh, and hosting a, a conference. Um, everything is going great. Um, thank you, Mayor, yesterday for coming and giving an opening speech in the opening session. Um, it was very well received. Um, it's it's kind of interesting to see packs of people moving around downtown with lanyards on at a conference. And so this is our first conference and um, everybody's doing great, the, con the Convention Bureau and, and everybody. So we have about just under 500 clerks from around the country that are uh, here in Grand Rapids for uh, for the International Institute of Municipal Clerks. So um, thanks for the city and, um, and Mayor for your leadership on bringing that conference here five years ago when we got pitched for that. So. I'm very excited. So hopefully other conferences and conventions can see um, how we can do this in a in a safe manner and using the facilities that we have. Um, we did get a, a a resolution from Grand Rapids Public Schools to have they're going to have a um, special election on August three. They'll be the only thing on the on the ballot for a um, non homestead renewal. So it'll be for for second properties or on taxes that are on non homestead properties. So. Um, absentee ballots and that will be going out in the next next month or so so be watching for that but that's what that election will be that's it for me thank you city clerk and i'll i'll say again thank you uh, for your work and the entire host committee and helping make this conference a success so i know a lot of work went into it uh, with that let's go to our city attorney uh, Ms. Hitchcock. just have a good evening all right thank you uh, city manager Oh, thank you. Can you yeah. hear me now? Yeah, you're good. Good, good. Yeah, I want to thank the staff for the work that they've done in helping us to get to this point. I'm getting a little echo. Um, appreciate all the work that's been done. A lot, lot of work uh, behind the scenes, as, as I heard earlier, and I want you to know how um, grateful I am for that. And thank you, uh, commissioners, for your uh, patience and uh, deliberating. And, and um, you know, this is... This is uh, is not meant to be easy. These are hard decisions. And uh, at this point, uh, it is, just to be clear of the budget process, it is the governing body's decision at this point. The manager has proposed the budget. We've done our best analysis and it is up to the elected governing body of this commission uh, to determine whether or not they will support it or amend it or whatever other direction you provide uh, moving forward. And so um, I look forward to uh, one more week of deliberation. I heard the, the uh, request for the discussion. So uh, next week, we have the Committee of the Whole presentation on the 18th, Tuesday morning. We'll come back and see what other questions remain. And uh, next uh, on the 18th at night at 7 p.m. is the official public hearing. That is that is the one required meeting that's specified for public comment. Now, what we've done in this process, we've ensured every day that we've briefed the commission on the budget, and it's been at least once a week and sometimes twice, that we've had opportunity either at the hearing or that evening to receive comment. And that, that was in the press release that was mentioned at the town hall and so um, the, the next opportunity will be um, on the 18th and then the commission will 
uh, vote on the, the 20th, uh, if there is any remaining discussion before before the vote. Um, I do want to also um, um, uh, suggest to um, Mr. Hondorps that uh, your, all of your colleagues around the world now watch how we conduct city commission meetings. I'm sure all the clerks recess from the meeting to go back and tune in tonight. And so I'd be interested in their uh, opinion. You'll hear it all around the conference tomorrow, but appreciate the public from call, for calling in and uh, look forward to uh, continuing the conversation next week. Thank you, city manager. And I'll just end with um, thanking uh, you and the entire team who worked really hard to bring forward a lot of the um, budget presentations that have been incredibly uh, detailed and informative. Uh, and, and for those of you who were not able to uh, join us last week for the, the town hall, you know, a couple of things that, that I shared um, at that time uh, is that, you know, the, the budget process, even though the formal budget is presented by the city manager, uh, and we then uh, participate in deliberation before adoption, the budget process is is often months and months long. And, and we gave a full list of the number of performance updates that we received, uh, the day-long retreat that we had last year, where we prioritized what was important to us collectively. And again, it's consensus. Uh, you know, it's, and I said this last week during the budget town hall, uh, you know, this budget is a is a consensus budget. Uh, it doesn't have everything in it that I want or you want. I mean, this is the seven of us, uh, just like we did last October, prioritizing. And if you, I really encourage people to read the manager's transmittal letter. Uh, I think it's very well done. In fact, having uh, sat around the, this table for as many years as I have, I think it's one of the best uh, manager letters that I've read that truly captures the work that went into and the information that the manager took from all of us and our processes over this last year that informed him as the budget was created. Um, so for individuals who haven't read that yet, I encourage them to do it. It's about 50 pages. It's very comprehensive. A lot of that you know, was laid out today as we talked about the investment we're making into housing and um, supporting individuals who are experiencing homelessness and investments into neighborhoods and environmental sustainability. Um, Commissioner Jones touched on that. Um, and the other thing I'm encouraging people to do is to go back if they have a chance and they can't join us during the day to go back and watch those budget sessions, especially if it's a topic that you really care about, go back and, and get more detail on those sections of the budget. Uh, we'll continue to do what we can to put information out there. One thing we talked about last week at the at the town hall uh, is, you know, how can we continue to do better at getting good information out there and communicating? And David Green was with us during the town hall and committed to continuing to improve in that area as well. Um, so again, thank you to everyone for your continued hard work and service uh, as we work through this. And uh, and as I believe Commissioner Lanier said, or or one of you said, you know, this is. As I said earlier, we have two processes before us because of the ARPA funds. So, you know, we're legally mandated to pass a balanced budget and then the unallocated funds, we will as a body talk about how those dollars are allocated over the next couple of months. But it's a huge opportunity to continue to invest in our community in really meaningful ways. Um, so with that, thank you all again. I know it's been a long day. I appreciate your dedication and service uh, and I hope you have a good night.